On today's show, we're going classic Star Wars once again. Michael Biondo has never seen the Star Wars saga until now. So what's it like to watch Star Wars for the first time? We're about to find out as we dig deeper into Return of the Jedi. I'm Jay Shear, co-author of Death of the Bounty Hunter. And if you're a member of Goodreads, by the way, you can actually enter to win a free copy of Death of a Bounty Hunter in our Goodreads giveaway. So if you're a member of Goodreads, head on over to Goodreads and look at the giveaways. Uh, if you filter it by fantasy, it's easy to find Death of a Bounty Hunter. So check out the link in the description below. It'll get you right there. Uh, you don't even have to click through and search fantasy or anything. Just go straight to the giveaway. You're listening to the Story Geeks podcast, which is produced by the Reclamation Society. So let's get into it. Watching Star Wars for the first time with Michael Biondo, Return of the Jedi. So Mike, it has been a little while. How are you, sir? Good. How are you today, Jay? I am pretty good. I am uh, happy to be talking about Star Wars. Let's put it that way. You're always happy to talk about Star Wars. Well, that's true, too. Yeah. In fact, I even wore my Star Wars shirt. I wore my Boba Fett shirt today. Just, just and because. And your mic thingy has a, a Yoda on it. I have a little Yoda. Yep. There you so go. Some people think that that's Baby Yoda, who you've never seen before, but it's not Baby Yoda. It's actually classic yoda <laughs> he just looks he just looks young <laughs> 900 year old yoda 900 year old yoda is who it is for sure um all right so let's get into these questions um you have now finished what has come to be known as the original trilogy you've seen a new hope you've seen the empire strikes back and now at one you told me you watched it at 1 a.m in, in the middle of the night you watch return of the jedi so we could do this podcast together how does it just feel to be you, yeah just for me just for me and the audience that's all it was for it was for nobody else um but i'm really the the first question i have for you is what does it feel like to be a complete human being now <laughs> um no but seriously uh we've got a lot to cover including a bunch of questions from the audience which is really cool we got lots of questions this time around um but you know how i like to start this i like to start with mike biondo's opinion about Star Wars. So on a scale of one to 10, what do you give Return of the Jedi? I should have known you're going to ask that. Yeah. <laughs> I would probably say it's a, probably a, as 10 being the best movie ever and one being the worst movie ever, probably sure. like a five or a six. So this goes back to A New Hope. So so A New Hope, you said it was kind of like a five or a six, maybe even a seven. Then for Empire Strikes Back, you went up to like seven, you know, that mm -hmm. like six or seven. Now you're going back down a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. <laughs> I'm sure it'll come out. Okay, perfect, perfect. Um, for a lot of people, by the way, uh, if, if Empire Strikes Back is not their favorite Star Wars film, for a lot of older people, by older people, I mean people who are over the age of 35, meaning that the original trilogy was their first exposure to Star Wars. If they don't say that Empire Strikes Back is their favorite Star Wars film, then a lot of people will say Return of the Jedi is their favorite Star Wars film. Oh. Um, Return of the Jedi is not my favorite Star Wars film. It's somewhere in the middle of all the Star Wars films that have come out. Because um, I have, you know, it's I think it's a, it's a good movie and I like it a lot, but it's nowhere near as cool as the first two for me in the original trilogy. And, um, and Empire Strikes Back is my personal favorite, uh, besides The Mandalorian, which I've said a billion times, um, which is not a movie, TV show. 
Um, but let's go back to this Return of the Jedi film for a little bit and talk about this. Return of the Jedi came out in 1983. And basically, everybody expected this to be the last Star Wars movie. There was no concept that it was going to keep going on. Obviously, we talked about this when we watched A New Hope, but A New Hope was going to be a single standalone film. It did amazing. Then George Lucas said, well, I've got other films in this in this saga that I'm writing. So he came out with um, two and or five and six, basically, right? Return of the Jedi and now, um, uh, sorry, Empire Strikes Back and then Return of the Jedi. Um, and maybe he had ideas for future films um, at this point in time, but obviously everybody pretty much thought like this is the end of the trilogy. Trilogies were new anyways. This is not, this is not something that like we had seen a bunch of times. So, so to think that they would keep going on was you know pretty pretty bold prediction if you were to predict that Star Wars gonna, was going to keep going on for 40 years. So we left the Rebels in Empire Strikes Back in a pretty bad spot. Luke was missing a hand and dealing with some family trauma, having just learned that Vader was his dad, or at least Vader told him he was his dad. Um, Han was frozen in carbonite. 3PO's limbs had all been removed <laughs> back at Bespin. Um, he, they obviously reconstructed him at the very end of the film. He's standing there in the window. Um, and then Leia had confessed her love to Han, and Han, like a total jerk, basically just said, I know, and didn't tell her he loved her back. <laughs> um, so now I, I wrote you a really long text message with some of the things that we were going to talk about that were non-spoilery things. And the first thing I put on there was, write out some some notes on what you thought would happen before you watched the film. So did you were you able to do that? Were you able to kind of yeah. think about what would happen? So tell me, what did you think was going to happen before you actually sat down at 1 a.m. to watch this movie? <laughs> <laughs> so um, let me see if I can read my writing here. Um, I uh, So I was a little biased, if you will, because I know going into it, that there are a million other movies and storylines after this. Yes. So I assumed that this was just going to be another episode in the series of Star Wars. Mm. Other people that have seen it in 83 had no idea if it was going to continue or not. And so they're looking probably more closure. I wasn't expecting any closure because I figured that it would just be like a miniseries on Netflix. Right. So, um, I was expecting a little bit of closure, but I was expecting a lot more cliffhangers and like, you oh. know, the way the way uh, four left off and five left off with, you know, the um, the, the the questions you're left, what happened or that sort of stuff. I was I was expecting a lot more of those. Um, I was wondering. I was expecting some sort of either clarity or more of a cliffhanger with Leah and Leia and um, Han and uh -huh. Luke's um, love triangle. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, so we're going to get into that. We're going to talk about that a lot. <laughs> I found some information out. <laughs> you, you got some information, <laughs> sir. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think it's some clarity on that, actually. Um, <laughs> I assume there'd be more Jedi tricks or mm. uh, I don't know what the word is. Um, Jedi tricks, I guess. Yeah, some um, some uh, some Jedi moves that they were doing some major yeah, sword yeah. fighting and, and magic moves. Maybe a little bit more explanation into the Force and what that is and all that kind of stuff. And then I also sure. assumed that Han would be resurrected or saved or yeah, whatever. So you got some of that, and then you didn't get some of that, yeah. basically. 
So basically <laughs> kind of all across the board with what you thought. Was there any was there any idea that you had about like the overarching end of the story? Like did you did you think to yourself like, well, at the end of the story XYZ is going to happen? What did that do you have any notes on that? Well, I I I didn't think this was the end of the story. Right. I I assumed the end of the story would be the Mandalorian or whatever uh, is, is is last. Um, I assumed they would just be going through. I was I was viewed this as like a like a season finale of a series, and it's going to come back again in four or five months and pick up where we left off. Yeah, that was my assumption. So I didn't really have a prediction as far as. You know, if someone's gonna die, or right. you know, if someone's right. gonna be, you know, crowned king or whatever. So I have one question before I get into more of the other questions. Um, this is gonna kind of tell me which version you watched, which I know you watched on Disney Plus. So anybody who watches it on Disney Plus would basically have seen it, right? But mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know what version that is because I have not watched Return of the Jedi on Disney Plus. In the last, in the final scene. Um, before every while everybody's partying i guess or before everybody's partying in that kind of um, zone who are the three force ghosts that are standing over the funeral i had party? a question about that okay just so who so, are they who, which ones are they that are represented so there's there's obi okay what can obi and then there's uh yoda yep and then there's who i assumed was a young darth vader so is it a is it a guy with is it a younger guy with longer hair or is it an older guy with short hair? It's a younger guy with longer hair. Okay, yes. Okay. So both of those were representations of Darth Vader. Um, but that scene was not changed until after the prequel films came out. Um, and in the original cut of the film. There's a different so you know when um when Vader when Luke takes off Vader's helmet. Yeah. Um that guy not looking all messed up, right? Like he didn't have like a bald cap and like scars. He looked just looked like a normal human, like whatever that actor looks like, he looked like sure. that guy. That guy was was there. So it was obvious that it was Vader. Oh um, okay. now you don't know because you haven't seen some of the other films, that other actor plays Vader, <laughs> right? So, Gosh, so yeah. just FYI, that's why that's showing up that way um yeah I, I assumed that it was a young vader yeah yeah even not knowing the actor whoever that was right exactly exactly that that gentleman's name is hayden christensen um and you will be you'll become more familiar with him as we go through this whole series or this whole saga i should say um okay let's get back into these questions i got some more questions for you now now let me ask you this do you have any questions for me yes okay so let's save those like we did last time. We're going to save those for the aftercast. Okay. So we may talk through some of them, but for most of them, we'll save them and we'll record a separate show that we'll put out on Patreon for free. People can go over to Patreon and listen to it over there. Um, but I got more questions for you. I got lots of questions for you. A bunch of people wanted to ask you questions. So we got lots and lots of questions. I'll do my um, best, but again, it was at midnight or one o'clock last night. So, oh, you better do your best because people have expectations, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I'm kidding. We're, this is going to be all fun. Uh, Return of the Jedi starts with Jabba's palace and them getting Han out of carbonite. So that you were correct in that prediction. 
Um, but but if they left Han in the carbonite, that'd be like the worst. <laughs> be like, oh, he's just left in carbonite for the rest of Star Wars. There he is. That's 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 life for you, kids. We couldn't afford Harrison Ford, so <laughs> yeah. He's just frozen somewhere. Um, so then we go to Dagobah, we see Yoda again, and then we go off to the forest moon of Endor and the battle of Endor in general with the second Death Star. Um I Which want I, I didn't I didn't realize that that was so close closely related to Star Tours. Oh yes, yes. I had no idea that it was like that closely related. <laughs> yeah, in fact, in fact, you, you can't watch well, you could watch it, but you'd be spoiled a little bit. Not very much, but a little bit. Disney Plus just came out with a new series called Be- Behind the Attraction. Now everybody listening knows that I'm a huge Disney Parks fan. So, of course, I have already watched this series about the Disney parks uh, in general. And they go behind the scenes of the attractions and they go really in depth into Star Tours and like how they created Star Tours and like how George Lucas was involved and all the ideas they came up with. And it's really, really fun. It's a really, really fun uh, series. But you can actually see the connection, the connectivity between like, oh, okay, now. So you'd actually ridden Star Tours before seeing this film. Oh, many times. And so you had no clue what was going on. No, I didn't. Even, I mean, that's so funny. When, when um, uh, I think it was seen, it was when they were like flying a spaceship like into yeah. the into the, the, the the bay or whatever. Yeah, I was like, oh my god, this is Star Tours. <laughs> it is. You're like, this is this is. I can't believe they made a movie about Star Tours. <laughs> <laughs> they ripped off star tours they totally ripped off star tours does disney know about this <laughs> yeah george lucas has been pissed ever since um all right so i got a whole bunch of questions for you just in regards of what you thought about the different elements of the film so we're gonna go through these pretty quickly um what did you think of just the beginning of the film and how we're back on tatooine this is where luke's from right this is where the planet that luke's from and we're seeing all of like the lawless aspects. We saw the most Isley Cantina in A New Hope, but now we're seeing like Jabba and gangsters and like he's got barges and the, you know, he's got a whole palace out there in the middle of nowhere. What did you think of all that? Um, I thought it was pretty, pretty crazy. I liked the, I think if we're talking about the same thing, the little uh, rock concert that they put on for Jabba. <laughs> Yes. that was pretty cool <laughs> yes 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 oh yeah you're you're a musician for those yeah. who mike is a musician so he's like he'd be super into that yeah yeah for like the the, the mini elephants <laughs> that was playing the keyboards and stuff like that yep. that was pretty cool i like that the, and the, the dancers and stuff <laughs> so basically what you're saying is that your halloween costume this year is going to be one of those characters <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, okay so you like was- that that was cool. The yeah. the um, it was kind of like um, almost a trip to the underworld or something. Mm, yep. You know, yep. like the the dungeon with the dragon inside of it. Yeah. Um, or the and that was pretty scary too for for that yeah. for that time frame of the movie. That was a pretty scary, slimy, ugly, yeah. ugly. You know, some of the most some of the best stop motion animation probably you've ever seen. Honestly. Yeah, yeah yeah um so that was really cool um and java just creeps me out <laughs> <I'm not laughs> <a fan. laughs> um and then um i thought it was weird maybe i'm getting too far ahead of myself i thought it was weird that um they all ironic 
is a better word maybe that they yeah. all ended up in the same you know place the mm. um, the uh the 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 robots or the the, the droids or whatever c3po and r2d2 yeah. went there yeah. to try and trade themselves apparently for um han and then um and then leia's there and luke's there and uh the dude from the last movie what's his name the, the friend not friend lando yeah <laughs> you know so like it's just i thought it was weird that they all got there but i guess that's probably the plan that's right yeah, yeah yeah and actually that is um i'm sure that's covered in the book somewhere but we do not have any movies about how they all ended up there uh yeah. which is kind of interesting it just kind of just throws us into that that space so that's cool specifically um this scene has has become more controversial over time i mean we're living right now in an era of you know me too movement and and changing perceptions of what um you know everything across the spectrum from sexuality to gender to blah 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 blah, blah. So lots and lots and lots of changes what were your thoughts on the slave Leia and the whole bikini scene? And then she kills Jabba. Like, what's your take on that? That's it's, it's, it's... <laughs> there you have it, folks. There you have it. Two thumbs up. Um, yeah, it's funny. We did a whole we did a whole show on that because you know, in popular culture, there's been a question about like um, so she was the the literal term for that costume she was wearing was the slave leia costume and it was like well slave and then you could think about like sex trafficking and human trafficking and you're like oh yeah that's kind of gross and then and of course Jabba's gross um but then you have the empowerment in the fact that she kills Jabba, right so she she basically gets out of the situation basically and and and, and exacts revenge on him doing that to her so it's it's interesting because you know you have uh culturally speaking people didn't used to take themselves so seriously or like really try to analyze these things and you've seen friends you've seen the tv show friends right oh yeah yeah and so you had the whole like uh ross and rachel thing where he wants her to wear the, <laughs> the slave leia costume so it's an interesting interesting thing um i don't think but, i i don't i'm not surprised that that was in there for the time period when the movie was created right and we talked about this uh, a couple podcast ago mm -hmm. if they were I, i'm curious to know if they were to re remake like do a cover of this movie in today's world with obviously today's technology and cgi and all that kind of stuff um what would that look like in today's me too movement or all you know equality empowerment all that kind of stuff well this is what's well, interesting about the world that we live in right like i don't think at any point in time george lucas is trying to suggest that sentient beings like java the hut who are gross should enslave women and treat them poor i don't think yeah. he's trying to suggest that that's a good thing like yeah obviously we uh there's a certain amount of catharsis when she kills Jabba because he's licked her in the face he's been treating her poorly now that doesn't take away from the fact that you know you might like the costume and say like i think she looks good in that costume so there's this there's there's several things playing here right there's like he's not saying it's good is there a, some objectification possibly culturally there's been object objectification around that which we talked about in our in our separate video 
I think the problem that I have with modern culture is that it likes to, as opposed to saying, let's not celebrate this part of the story, we instead condemn that part of the story. The question really should be, how do we feel about how this occurs in the story? In other words, this is a big debate in public circles, and I squarely land on one side of it. Huckleberry Finn. There's people that say you should not, it shouldn't be in public schools. You should never read Huckleberry Finn, blah, blah, blah. I mean, Huckleberry Finn uses objectionable language. It uses objectionable viewpoints on the black community, but it does so to prove a point to the people reading the story that this is not how we should treat people. This is clearly the whole story is basically saying slavery or treating black people as if they're different is horrific. If you, so my problem is, is that like, you know, to say you can't, you cannot show this because it portrays people in a negative light or it portrays something in a negative light that I'm uncomfortable with kind of takes away from the whole point that the story, it exists in the story. So now the, so the real debate should be, was George Lucas somewhat objectifying Carrie Fisher in those scenes? That's a completely different debate that you and I aren't going to get into. But so anyways, I think the point is, yeah, you're going to see a lot of things in stories that make you feel uncomfortable. They're supposed to. <laughs> like, I, think, I think Java's a bad dude. Exactly. And bad dudes do bad things. And, <laughs> yeah, right. and so like, it'd be different if we were celebrating Java and his character. Yes. And, yes. Uh, or if like, say, um, uh, say Luke did that to to Leia. That's, that's then we'd be then we'd be <laughs> off the charts weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's like that was a bad dude, and bad yeah. dudes do bad things. And and that's like a hey, this is uh an example of why he's a bad guy and why he deserved to die, or yeah, or whatever. I don't I don't trust that anyone actually dies in these movies ever again now. <laughs> True. Because they either die and they come back as they're not dead, or they die and they come back as a hologram. You don't even know what you're saying, sir. You don't even know what you're saying. <laughs> but we're not going to get into that. That's going to get into the spoiler territory. Um, ben Coberly asked uh, why you think Boba Fett is the best Star Wars character of all time. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is an interesting thing because you and I talked about this a little bit. You've seen more of Boba Fett now. Um, he dies pretty early in the movie. He falls into the Sarlacc pit. Everyone's scared of him. Did you? How did you feel about Boba Fett? Um, I <laughs> I think you like him more than I did. <laughs> <laughs> totally, yeah, totally. I think he's a um, I think he's kind of a, a a badass mofo, you know, like yeah, he's kind of does his thing, and he's almost like an independent, you know, dude that just I, I don't know. I mean, he just he he would scare the crap out of me. <laughs> <laughs> just wait, just just wait, just wait. Well, we is. <laughs> I can't I can't even I he's he's one of my favorite characters I do have one character um who's more my favorite character now but only because um they really fleshed out so this is the interesting thing when you talk to people about Star Wars everybody's gonna pick like a different part of Star Wars that they think is the best like a lot of people think the Jedi in Star Wars are the best like that that's their that's their jam the Jedi in Star Wars are really not my jam um, I prefer the smugglers, the bounty hunters, like yeah. that. I prefer those characters. So 
for me personally, um, I like shows like The Mandalorian because they're digging further into that kind of realm as opposed yeah. to, you know, here's some more lightsaber battles or whatever. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> which are great. I don't dislike them. They're just not my favorite part of Star Wars. Um, I was kind of overwhelmed with all of the the, the main storylines mm. that um, watching it again and, and paying attention to some of those side characters is probably a good idea. Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's whole there's whole we could do a whole podcast on just the side characters. <laughs> right. Um, now, how did you, speaking of characters and uh, kind of a main character, how did you feel about Yoda's death? And then how did Yoda in this film change your overall perception of Yoda, you know, throughout the whole trilogy? So when we first met him, I think it was in episode five, and he mm-hmm. was kind of like a, a naughty teenager almost, <laughs> right. you know? making stupid jokes and kind of being annoying. He really, in this one, was a much different uh, persona, I thought. He was more, yeah. kind of more mature and, and, and wise old leader-ish. Right. Um, and when he died, I was totally shocked. I didn't, I didn't even know he died, to be honest. So I saw, like, what? Yoda's gone? Yeah. <laughs> or, or dead, not gone. He never gone in this world. <laughs> Star Wars world. Um, so, uh, um, yeah, I, I liked him. I thought his his death was kind of, let's say, uneventful. But for a main character true. Uh, to like die a honorable nine hundred year life death, <laughs> right. he just kind of like went to sleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's like, and then I'm just he gonna... disappeared, and then he just vanished. <laughs> like, what is that about? Then he just vanishes and he shows up glowing blue later on, right? Like that's, I know. that's all it is um did you did you think of him as being a little bit more wise or any less wise or like how did your perception change of that because we talked about this before like a lot of people think yoda's really wise and then if you like break down some of his behaviors you're like maybe not man i don't know yeah i i think he was uh much more wise in this one especially kind of at at the end when he was just kind of like talking quietly with with luke it was i thought that was a little bit more of a yoda that i was expecting yeah than previous yeah, that makes sense. How did you feel and think about the emperor? Because there's a lot more emperor in this one. Yeah, I um, again, it's hard for me to imagine someone above Darth Vader. Yeah, usually Darth Vader, and in my ignorant <laughs> knowledge, has been like the the baddest dude of the baddest dude. You know, right? Like he's he's the head of the bad dudes, and, <laughs> right. and to have like him like Neil or have a boss is still kind of um weird to me um he was a he was a bad dude <laughs> he was not a good guy no and very very disfigured dude too man like yeah. he's he he's not he handsome too he needs a helmet too <laughs> yeah please put on a helmet dude we don't want to see your face yeah. the guys should live in the world of covid <laughs> just put a mask on bro yeah. um uh, so then the big reveal is that the emperor has created dun, 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 a second Death Star. <laughs> now, how did that sit with you? How, were you surprised that they just were, were re, re-bringing up the same thing that they'd already done? Like, how did that come that, off? I think that kind of has to do with the, um, with, the, first of all, the, you kind of mentioned this earlier, that this is like a new having a three-part series is kind of or trilogy is a new thing right nowadays 
we have you know what fast and the furious <laughs> yeah. and there's rocky and there's all yeah. these like um, um series that have a lot more than that and so yeah. i feel like having that i i could see how it could be difficult on george lucas's side to come up with new obstacles for the good guys to overcome right so i can understand that it would be um let's just recreate the death star you know? <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah. the next one you know <laughs> right, so, right, right. Uh, you know as watching it and 2021 as a first time viewer it's like oh really come on you yeah, know right, right but i would imagine watching it in the 80s like oh whoa really yeah it's kind of cool to see it being built too but like it's funny because basically what they tell you is they go there was a finished death star and it was crazy and then you're like okay so we're building up to something even crazier than the finished death star and they're like no it's a second death star and it's not even finished <laughs> and you're just like what this is this is the big bad thing that's going to take over everything um so it's kind of funny and 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 i think that it it basically what it does is it says you know how crazy this thing actually is and so we're just going to just say that again because this is not really about that it's really more about the emperor and vader yeah, yeah. and so just like just get over it like we just get past yeah. it yeah, um, don't, don't, don't look over here don't look over here just keep going <laughs> exactly right exactly Nothing right to see here yeah exactly exactly so i thought that i thought that was pretty funny though um last question i have for this round i mean we have i have so many questions um robert mcclure listener robert mcclure he's been listening to this whole series so thank you robert um he's he's wondering what you think of the ewoks what do you think of ewoks oh the um are those little teddy bears yeah yeah the little teddy bears <laughs> <laughs> Those guys, it's almost like they are a descendant of Yoda. If you took Yoda and if Yoda and Chewbacca hooked up, <laughs> <laughs> you maybe would get Ewoks. <laughs> yeah. Those guys, uh, um, I think they were funny. I thought they were great. I didn't, um, uh, even for the for the time that they were supposed to be scary, they weren't scary to me. Yeah. You know, but um, it was just, uh, yeah, I, I thought that was awesome. <laughs> there, there's a lot of people, you know, when you watch these and you're a kid, you don't even give a second thought to some of the, I'll call them cheesier parts, right? Like yeah. you just don't yeah. care. You don't care. Like you're just like, oh, I like teddy bears. And so there's a bunch of teddy bears and they seem all cuddly. And then, oh, you, you're killing them? Like it's horrific, you know? Like I, I feel for them. Um, However, at the when it when this came out, the Ewoks were like a big controversy because a lot of adults who were watching it were like, "What? Why do we have a bunch of teddy bears running around? You know, like this is horrible." Um, so it's funny because I think like for those of us who you view it through a different lens, this is a thirty-eight-year-old movie or whatever it is, and yes, yeah, so there's Ewoks. Like, of course there are. Like, you know, the adults at the time were viewing it as like they. George Lucas made this story for me. I don't really want to see a bunch of teddy bears, but okay, I guess that's, I, I'm kind of feel weird about that. When you're a kid, you don't care at all. They're cool. They're, they're funny teddy bears. I used to have, by the way, this is a true story. I used to have, um, and I didn't have a lot of stuffed animals, but I used to have a stuffed animal of wicket. And I used to carry them around all over the place. Like that was my that was my jam. Like having a little stuff stuff with that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> True story. I still have it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, 
I see it right there on the bed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Blur it out. Um, <laughs> I don't. Have, I, I don't. I swear, I don't sleep with it in the bed. Um, no, but uh, I used to have one. I used to really actually have one, and I love that little toy. But, um, but so I think that you know, there's different opinions on Ewoks, but a lot of us still like Ewoks. Um, I thought they brought a little light, more lightheartedness, or kind of yeah. a little bit of humor to what could be like a very tragic or or um intense scene exactly exactly yeah. now my question is the there's i, I might have missed this because again it was late but sure. there was a um like a co-pilot with i think lando is it yeah and num. Was it, what his name is neum num neum num yeah is he an ewok too or is he something different <laughs> no he's what is he you know what? I it slips my mind of what species or uh, whatever you'd call it he is of alien he is, but there are more of that kind of alien in the galaxy. But he's really the only one we really see in the original trilogy, and for most of the rest of the Star Wars saga, we don't see anybody else besides Neom Num. He's kind of mm-hmm. an original. Yeah, it's interesting because all these other aliens that we're encountering, whether they're you know kind of third parties or whatever yeah they're they're not scary i think every a lot of the movies that we see nowadays if there's an alien it's like a big scary you know person that's going to kill you right and these are like little teddy bears or you know totally yeah totally it's it is interesting and that they yeah george lucas just had a different feel for what the aliens would look like but that's a really good point because there's very few science fiction or fantasy series that have like friendly looking aliens like unless the aliens are friendly and then they like later on deceive you and eat you or something like you know it's like it's like it's it's yeah it's very that's a really good point i hadn't thought of that well maybe that's why because i always thought when luke first lands on Yoda's planet which is dagobah dagobah when he first lands there he like hops out and starts like walking around and i'm like you're gonna die you know (laughs) right 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 maybe it's because we haven't seen that previous to that that all the creatures there are pretty friendly or harmless or you know yeah george lucas creates a lot of friendly characters i mean yeah yeah he does a pretty good job of of filling out the world with aliens that are both you know you i think you can make an argument that some of the aliens in the most isolated cantina look nice and some of them look like the devil you know i mean like so so he has like a pretty wide array of different kinds of aliens which is a really good point I, I, i never thought of that but even then, even like the you know, everyone's like getting along and stuff like that. It's yeah. Like I, I can't think of one movie that aliens like a uh, current movie that aliens wouldn't like make me wet myself. You know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. They're all just there to scare you. But yeah, um, I mean, you look at like Independence Day. You look at um, um, all these other movies like Tentacles coming out. And, yeah. You know, the Alien um, franchise. Even yeah, even. even even like men in black they're kind of scary and yes. they, they want to kill us and stuff yep yep exactly the the even even um even the movie arrival where the aliens aren't supposed to be threatening they still look kind of threatening you know what i mean yeah. like it's kind of yeah. interesting. The, the Where's the teddy bears? <laughs> right exactly exactly i think a lot of times from a storytelling perspective people use aliens um almost as the visual representation of something that we're that's 
unusual to us that causes us to feel fearful about them, even though they may not be fearful. It's just like a, and, and we've seen that happen. That's like a seeing something unusual to you is something that oftentimes for some reason triggers a fear response. I'm sure psychologists know what that is probably because your fight or flight response kicks in and you have some sort of like anxiety about like, is this, is this person going to be threatening and harmful to me or are they going to be friendly? And so I think a lot of times aliens are depicted as scary looking because that's sort of how we feel when we encounter something new that we didn't know existed either. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, now I want to go back to Luke really quickly because you didn't love Luke as a character in A New Hope. He got a little bit better for you in Empire Strikes Back, and then Return of the Jedi is one hundred percent Luke Skywalker's film. This is like his time to shine, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, this is all about Luke's journey to save his father and defeat the Emperor and ultimately save the galaxy. So, does Return of the Jedi change your opinion about Luke at all? Well, yeah, it's. I think these three movies, the overarching theme, I think, is like a coming of age for Luke. Mm. And, you know, he starts off as a little squirrely teenager and, you know, uncle and aunt's house. And right. You know, and then he starts, you know, getting um, ideas of the, the, um, the, um, uh, you know, the Schwartz. The, um, the force, the force, yeah, <laughs> the force and, and all that kind of stuff. And in this movie, it, he's like reached his—I don't want to say his peak because I don't know—but he's kind of reached his his um, best years. <laughs> um, and my my question would be: Is how much time has happened? How much Ooh. time has passed since the um, the, um, the end of the moment. last movie yeah. and the beginning of this movie? Because I feel like he. Um, aged a lot i don't know uh, even physically his face looks older <laughs> yeah know? yeah and yeah which mark hamill you know the last one came out in 80 so mark hamill's only aged three years in the real life but um but yeah we'll talk about that on the on the on the after show though we can talk about like how long that we can even do a yeah. little bit of research and look that up but yeah that, that's yeah i feel like he he uh, as with from not one to two but four to five yeah and then five to six he's he's advanced in his training it seems like uh, yes. quite a bit and was like the jedi master maybe it was you know return of the jedi when they weren't kidding you know? yeah exactly exactly cool so you so you like luke a little bit better now he, he yeah. improves as a character yeah yeah i think so too and um even the the way he handles things and um, his his understanding and grasp of uh, and he kind of comes to it through this movie of learning about his dad and learning what his dad used to be and all that kind of stuff yeah. and about his his twin sister spoiler alert you know? <laughs> you're the only person that weren't wasn't spoiled dude you're, the only <laughs> you're spoiler alerting yourself <laughs> um, yeah, I think I, I think he he um he's he's much more mature in this one so i like him a lot better yeah yeah i think a lot of people do and this is this is the film that makes people really love that character of all the yeah. films they're like this is the film that they love him through yeah all right so we've got plenty more questions but before i continue i want to thank today's sponsor and give you a, a couple ways to support the show the sponsor of today's podcast is the new book door of door for those of you watching i'm going to hold it up this is the actual 
the sponsor of today's show is the the writer of this book the whole company behind this book door of a door lost legends and sagas of pre-flood earth door of a door lost legends and sagas of pre-flood earth is the work of lazarus master fox and novus renaissance novus renaissance is the new platform for fan freedom creating and defending great stories great characters and superb secondary worlds where fans everywhere experience adventure excitement and wonder door of a door volume one creation angels war is the explosive supernatural fantasy and science fiction series of our time that immerses your imagination in a saga forged before time was a thought and reality dawned volume one unleashes the account of eternity's most ancient bloody combat the legend of lucifer heaven's great war and the beginning of your adventure in the forgotten world of pre-flood earth awaits you Door of Door Volume 1, Creation Angels War, is now available on Barnes & Noble and Amazon via the link below, novusrenaissance.com slash door of a door. Again, it'll be in the description down below, so you can just click it. The world of fans is following us. Are you? Do you dare to adventure and journey with us and witness monsters, giants, humans, heroes, villains, and gods battle for supremacy? Now, I'm going to spell out this URL for you just in case you don't um, go down below and click it. It's N-O-V-U-S-R-E-N-A-I-S-S-A-N-C-E dot com slash door, D-O-R dash V-A-H-D-O-R. NovusRenaissance.com slash door, Vador. Click the link in the show notes, check it out. And I actually have a review of volume one, uh, this actual volume that I, that I held up earlier, Door Vador. Um, I have a review of it on this channel, so on the YouTube channel, so you can go back and watch it there. If you're into high fantasy and enjoy delving into creation myths and legends, you'll dig Door of a Door. Plus, purchasing Door of a Door helps us produce this show, because when we have a sponsor, um, that helps us produce the shows, which is really fantastic, and we really appreciate them sponsoring the show. Go check out the book. The book I wrote with Nathan Check, Death of a Bounty Hunter, is available as a goodreads.com giveaway. We're giving away 100 kindle copies of death of a bounty hunter throughout the month of august if you've been thinking about buying it but haven't pulled the trigger check out the link in the description to sign up for that giveaway links to all the projects we talked about and all the other things that we talk about are in the show notes below we do appreciate your support all right that was that was a that was a long little advertisement there mike but we are we're back to it um all right when Yoda dies, he tells Luke that Leia is his sister. Although, I will say that the audio in that section is really bad. You almost need <laughs> subtitles to understand what he's saying. Um, but uh, this is a pretty major revelation for many, many reasons. It means that Luke isn't the only hope for the Rebellion or for even the Jedi. It also means that Luke has been making out with his sister. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> shout out to um, Robert McClure again for the questions that he brought up about this topic in our Facebook group. Um, so for you, Mike, how did that moment hit you? How did the moment where you get the reveal that Luke and Leia are brother and sister and actually twins? I don't know if they reveal that, but they're actually twins. How does that, how does that sit? Um, I think I, I might've had a spoiler from that previously. Yeah. Wasn't anything like the Luke, I'm your father spoiler stuff, but I think there's some faint memory that I knew they were siblings. So it wasn't a huge shock, but then again, I also didn't really remember that part. So I was like, Oh wow. They're <laughs> siblings. And, and I don't know what other 
better situation there can be for Han than to be in a love triangle with a girl <laughs> and another dude and to find out that the dude and the girl are twins. You're like, I'm clear. <laughs> Either I'm cleared or I'm in major trouble because this is a, this is this is not good. Um, I get yeah, the no, girl and I keep my friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that that and that that reveal to Han is pretty funny. Obviously, they play it for some comedy because she yeah. when she reveals it to him. It's pretty good. Um, what's interesting to me is that we all laugh about that. We all look back at it and kind of laugh about it. Because the characters don't, because Luke at this point in time is now fairly wise. You'd put him up there with Yoda in terms of how he is considering, you know, doing different things. In fact, there's a moment when he when they're approaching Endor where he says, uh, "I've endangered the mission. I shouldn't have come." Right? Like, like, like that's a really smart thing to say. Because, because like dumber Luke would be like, oh, "We gotta get in there, guys." You know, um, <laughs> and. Uh, and I think that like, so when he tells, when he tells Leia that, you know, like when they have the conversation and you get the sense that, it, that he's being mature about it. But what's crazy is that when you reflect on it as an audience member, you're like, bro, you don't want to say like how disturbing it was that like you guys just made out in the previous film. Right. Um, so it's, it is kind of funny. I don't, I, I'm willing to bet that George Lucas did not consider them brother and sister until he's writing, you know, the third film, probably. I can, uh, I can see that. Yeah. So it's just one of those moments where you're like, that's weird, man. If you knew that before and you wrote that into it, that's like so weird. Um, but anyways, I just wanted Setting to ask that. Man. You. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What's going on, dude? Um, so let's let's then take our shift our focus a little bit. I'm going to go all the way to the end of the film because the the film concludes with an epic battle between the rebellion and the empire while simultaneously a battle between Luke Vader and the emperor is also going on. And in the end, Luke like, throws away his lightsaber and says he won't fight his father. And then the empire starts to basically just blast Luke with force lightning Vader, which by the way, I think the first time we, we see force lightning on screen. I've never seen force lightning yet. Yeah. So yes. yes. This is the first time we see it. Um, and then Vader eventually throws the Emperor over the railing to save Luke. Right? That was a shock for me. There you go. So yeah, that's that's my, that's my question. Is like, what? Here's what I want to know. Talk to me about the ending and how you reacted to it. But then also, like, what does that say about what Star Wars has been about this whole time? Um. Well, so first of all, that was a big shock for me too. I knew I knew Vader was going to do it as soon as he was standing behind the Emperor. Yeah, Emperor is that the, that dude? The dude? Emperor, yeah, Emperor is the dude. Okay. The lightning. Yeah, as soon as he's standing behind the Emperor, and he's like not doing anything. Yeah, you can see it like in his face through his mask. <laughs> right. You right. know, and but I was really surprised and shocked that he. He, he did that because I, I thought as soon as the Emperor started going to town on Luke, I was like, okay, you know, he's finished, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's going to yeah. be a glowing, a glowing fifth, uh, uh, figure with <laughs> Obi-Wan and Yoda. You know? Right. Um, yeah. So, so bad I, guys I, win, I, credits roll. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> End of the trilogy, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, I was kind of shocked when he did that. And then um, to, um, 
it just to me it, it shows a much greater depth of character for Darth Vader than I really thought there was. I always thought he was just a bad guy. Maybe he started out good as a Jedi and he got overtaken <laughs> by the dark magic or whatever it is, you know. Yep. And he was just a lost cause. You need to, you know, kill him or you know, put him in jail or whatever, you know. <laughs> but um, now it's like, oh well, he's got a little bit more depth to him than I I thought, and you know, maybe it's not all black and white, good and bad, you know, that sort of thing. So kind yeah. of a little bit more um, uh, maybe human traits to what we would obviously otherwise consider a non-human person. A robotic, <laughs> a robotic person, yeah. 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 yeah, there's this, um, a lot has been said about, you know, what is ultimately Star Wars about? So many people love it. Right. So like, what are they grasping onto here? Like, what is it that they are? What are they saying? that? Why are they even saying they love it at all? And I think a lot of it comes down to three main things in the Star Wars universe that people get behind. And that's the first is redemption. Right. So um, this is a chance for people to redeem themselves. You know what I mean? Like um, in this film, uh, Han has to tell Leia that he loves her, right? Um, so that's a redemption yeah. on his part because he blew it last time in the last film. Um, even though he really did say it back, he just said it in the Han Solo kind of way. But also, it's a chance for um, so for Vader to redeem himself for all the pain that he has caused in the galaxy, right? Um, yeah. And so there's this there's this concept of redemption that's a thing. There's a concept of friendship that's a thing. So even uh the emperor says it to luke right he says uh, i'm gonna paraphrase because i don't remember the exact line but um luke says you know i think he says like your pride is your weakness or whatever he says and then the the emperor says like your faith in your friends is yours um so there's this idea that in order to defeat evil we have to work together we can't be we can't do things on our own we have to we have to band together with other people who are not like us and use each other's strengths to combat the the evil that exists in the world. Um, and then finally, just the concept of sacrifice, which has direct relationship to both redemption and friendship in terms of saying like, well, I'm going to give up of myself. The whole rebel, the whole rebel force is like giving up of themselves, like putting themselves in, in grave danger just to save the galaxy right so these are a lot of a lot of different um themes that are being worked out here do any of those did any of those specifically resonate with you as you were watching it or did you kind of just go like fun movie <laughs> well i think uh i don't know if you mentioned it or if it's maybe uh part of the theme that you mentioned but i think uh, a big theme is um kind of unknown of good and evil right and wrong black mm. and white you know, um, I think that they're trying to say that not everything is what you see is what you get. Right. And we talked about this in the first film, I think, where um, even the names of the sides are weird because you have the rebellion, which is in essence, the quote unquote good guys. And then you have the, I forget what Darth Vader's Empire. Empire. Yeah, yeah. And so you would think coming up, like the Empire is like, oh, you know, that's the good side. And then you think that the rebels are the bad ones that are trying to overthrow the Empire. And that's not necessarily the case. It's kind of the other way around. So I think that the the theme that really spoke to me was, especially when Darth Vader 
killed his boss, who was killing his son. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, it's it's a great world out there. Mm, mm, yeah, exactly. And, and and that we can always change back to change our opinions and change the way we're thinking about something. Yeah. And that that has that concept of redemption to it too. If we have, yeah, if we yeah. don't change our minds, we never get redeemed. Most likely, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So Robert McClure had another question. Robert had a bunch of good questions. This is this is very very specific question. This is something that like hardcore Star Wars fans think about, um, and it's a two part question all around the same topic. And it'll be interesting to see your answer as someone who just watched this. Do you think at any point in time in Return of the Jedi that, and especially in the, the battle he has with, with Darth Vader, but do you think that Luke ever sort of turned to the dark side during this whole movie? Did he ever kind of go like, oh, I'm on the light side and I'm a Jedi, but now I'm kind of shifting and turning towards the dark side or did he stay light side the entire movie? What do you think? Wow. Well, I don't want to offend anyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I think he stayed on the light side. Mm -hmm. I don't think he ever went to the dark side. I think he um, went his own direction a little bit. I think maybe he was he was not drinking the Kool Aid of the of the light side. But he's also not on the dark side. So I think he he's more on the light side, but I think he's also like not in his own best interest, but he's kind of an independent, if you will, that at this time is siding with the light side. Interesting. That's really interesting. And that will come up later um, in other films. That kind of thing will come up as well. I think um, okay. my take on it has always been, not that Robert cares what I think, but maybe I'll just throw it out there. Um, my take has always been that there are a couple of moments where Luke definitely uses he uses the dark side and I don't think he thinks he's using the dark side but based on the way that this world has been set up and now I'm getting into video games and stuff too but like in the early part of this film he's dressed all in black he's dressed all in black in the entire film but he actually force chokes one of the Gamorrean guards one of the pig guys right in the in the Jabba's palace and the force choke maneuver is a dark side maneuver. It's like that's not the something that the light side people are supposed to use. Now, George Lucas created this. He could say like, "No, Jay, you're wrong. Like that, I want that to be anybody can use that." You know. So I think that you are onto something when you say he never fully turns to the dark side, but he also is using the force in ways that the light side would be uncomfortable using it in um yeah you know i mean there's some evidence too that near the in the end of the film when he's battling vader that he's really 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 mad um when he's battling the emperor too he's really getting mad and we we know that anger fear leads to anger anger leads to um hate hate is is leads to suffering suffering is the path to the dark side like that's like that's the the literal way that that's supposed to play out in star wars universe so um so yeah i think you're i think you're actually right on i think that he's not he clearly doesn't listen to the advice of yoda and obi-wan now the question is should he be listening to the advice of yoda and obi-wan or should he not be listening to their advice and that is going to be the focus of other films that we're going to need to uh explore more <laughs> together later on um at 1 a.m 
yeah yeah exactly <laughs> we'll just do the podcast at 2 a.m next time as you're watching it <laughs> i'll just be totally asleep and you just, you'll uh be no no good to anyone um now throughout the entire trilogy the force has been a major player you even called it like a character i think in one of the episodes that we did yeah. um and the force serves as a major spiritual perspective or a spiritual entity if listeners prefer you could call it a metaphysical entity if you want um but either way it's it's uh, something that affects the physical world but is not necessarily beholden to the physical world it's it's extra um extra physical which is a word i'm making up um <laughs> but either way it's a big deal right like it's a big deal and it's it, it seems to have a big impact so what do you think about the force overall and does it add to the story or do you think it actually takes away from the story um i feel like the so the first movie it was kind of introduced a little bit mm -hmm. and the second movie it really kind of we we jumped in and learned a lot more and then I, maybe i missed it um but the third movie i feel it didn't quite have as much focus as the second movie on the force mm. And um, I don't know if it's because we just now assume that Luke's the master or whatever, you know, but I feel like there could have been a little bit more explanation or could have, you know, for it to maintain its prominent character that it was in number number five, right. they should have done a little bit more in number six about it, but yeah. maybe it's not going that direction. I don't know. Yeah. You're really good at, by the way, at saying what, what the proper episode is. <laughs> you're always, you always catch yourself. I would like not even know. Oh yeah, episode two. Um, so uh, I've only seen three. So. <laughs> right, but they're four, five, and six, which is so weird. Um, so I think that that um, I think that I, I probably said this on other podcasts. I think the reason the force works really, really well. Um, if you ever listen to any modern day philosophers i'll call them you know whether it's a jordan peterson is popular sam harris is popular brett weinstein is popular pick your modern day philosopher person um they have very interesting things and interesting thought processes when they talk about free will so for example uh sam harris is what you would call a determinist which means that Mike Biondo's life is predetermined and he really doesn't make any of his own choices. It's sort of predetermined for him. He was born in the US. He was born to his, his specific family in the area of the world that he was born in. Mike Biondo does not have a lot of free will. His life actually will play out deterministically. It's been kind of determined how it will play out. Other On the other side of that spectrum, you would have philosophers who would say, no, 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 no. You're completely free to change who you are at any point in time. You should change who you are for the better. Um, that's a lot of the hero's journey messages that you have the ability to change your life and so therefore go forth and change it. What I find really interesting about um, the force is that it works for uh, people who believe in Eastern religions. It works for people who believe in traditionally Western religions. It works for people who are atheists. Like there's, there's very few people who are like, oh, the force is so stupid. You know what I mean? Like you don't hear that. Now, 
most people are not asked about what they think about the force because we all just accept it as a reality that is in these films. And one of the reasons I think it works really well across the spectrum of people who watch these films is because free will is very much evident here. If, if Vader didn't have free will, he would not have been able to throw the empire or the emperor over the railing at the end. Right. And, and be redeemed at the same time. Um, determinism or the life occurring the way that it's just going to occur is also apparent and in this case it's the term we're giving that is the force the force has some purview over the way that things go human beings can act the force can act whether or not that's you know for some people they would say human beings can act god can act right um or you know some set of gods can act this way and humans can act this way and they all work together to be this thing and so I think um, that's kind of my take on it has been that the force supplies something that is unexplained, that we don't know how to talk about, that feels like it makes sense to us because of the nature of how it works. So it's interesting because like you don't, you don't have a problem with it. You didn't see it operating that much. In future films, you will see it operating a whole lot more. But there's always this question of if the force has a will and the force is going to, this is a question that every human being faces. If you think about whether or not there's a God um, or a set of gods or any kind, of, any kind of spiritual force whatsoever, is that thing guiding people or is it leaving, or if you're an atheist, right? Is it just, no, 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 everything is just up to your free will. Now, Sam Harris is probably an atheist who believes in determinism. That's a weird one, right? Because that's like saying like, um things will just be determined for you based on who you are anyways i say all of those things to say i think it's this the force is not defined so much that we dismiss it but it is defined enough that it still makes sense to us no matter where we fall on that spectrum <laughs> does that make yeah. what do you think about yeah. that um Wow, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot about these things, Mike. I think a lot about these things. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> um, I think that um, for the most part, I think the force um, almost like amplifies your feelings or your desires for the most part. And then I think there's, you know, like it, it gives good guys good tools to use and gives bad guys bad tools to use mm. and so i don't know how a a spiritual being or a god or gods or whatever can let people use those tools to oppose each other mm. it doesn't seem like it seems like if there's a being that's determining you know what you know a way something's gonna go yeah it wouldn't have opposing sides battling each other maybe that is the part i don't know but it seems like to me that it's, it's you know if if the force wants the rebellion to win it would be much easier for the rebellion to win like well, why is our why is our fader even there why is there even an issue you know right um, so i think that the force i think force is like 90 percent hands off it amplifies whatever that person using it wants or desires mm -hmm. maybe that 10 percent is like mm, not quite yet or not gonna happen you know that's my initial well yeah, and you and you uh, just landed on 
on a, a specific viewpoint of the force that a lot of people do hold. And that is that, um, because the, the, the question is going to be the, the real question that human beings are going to ask of stories, Star Wars being one of those. The question they're going to ask is from where does the evil come? You know what I mean? Like, where's the evil coming from? So is, is right. the evil coming from the human, human, different human desires? One person desires more, one person desires different. And then therefore there's a clash to see who will win and get the thing. And, and we determine one of those is an evil desire and one of those is a selfless desire. So it's not a problem. Or um, is that, is it just more of, a reflection of what is and so what an eastern mysticism belief would more likely say is well there's there's yin and yang right like there's these two different forces that just are and we're not going to try and explain them we're just going to try and say that they exist there is as much light as there is dark dark is nece not necessarily evil light is not necessarily good there's just two different sides of this coin um the issue that I think Star Wars faces specifically with that, and we've talked about this in the podcast before, is that George Lucas is very definitive in when he tells you something is good or something is bad. You can even watch it in the crawl. It says this is the evil empire. This is the bad thing. This is the so so to say that so to say that the um, I think that there, there are other films who that deal with this kind of topic that you and I will watch and we will talk about. But I think that it's it's difficult because there's a lot of competing viewpoints. George Lucas has been the main purveyor of Star Wars up until the point you've seen. Yeah. The next two films we're going to watch were not George Lucas films. In fact, George Lucas did not even own the franchise when these films were made. Then we're going to go back into some George Lucas films. Then we're going to go back into some other films. The problem is, is that everyone's kind of bringing their perspective into the Star Wars universe and playing with what's already there. And that can create some tensions and some problems with, it happens in the books and stuff too, is that what way does the force actually work and which viewpoint on the force is actually coming through the most. Now, it tends to kind of work out okay because we kind of just go like, oh, well, maybe it works like that, maybe it doesn't. And let's face it, no one knows how the world actually works we all have a perspective on the way that it actually works and so we kind of accept like okay well that's just someone else's perspective on how the force works just like someone else has a perspective on you know jesus christ versus gandhi versus buddha versus you know yeah. uh allah so so we kind of like just kind of go with it um but uh i just think it's interesting so i wanted to bring it up it's just a kind of a because for those people who like the Jedi, especially, I like the smugglers and the bounty hunters. So who, what do I care about the Force? But for those people who really like the Jedi, like you got to kind of know what the Jedi are trying to accomplish, right? Um, and that just kind of ends up being an interesting, an interesting topic. I just, I just don't know how one entity, the, the Force, can be used for good and evil at the same time. They like, like literally, the the lightsabers are. Um, powered by this by the this force right i mean depends on i guess it depends on how you um on you can construct a lightsaber using some crystals and the crystals have different types of powers 
technically is the force controlling the lightsabers. I don't know about the force controlling it, but mm. the kyber crystals in the lightsabers are like probably somewhat force influenced. So, sure. so my, well, my point is like yeah. you have the force that is not not wielding but creating this mm. lightsaber that is using to battle this other lightsaber created by the force. So I don't know how, <laughs> you know, like like if you relate to a, a god or a, a being or whatever, how is that person, you know, like telling this person, yeah, here's some, here's some um, tools by this person. Oh, here's some tools by that person. I'm gonna sit back and watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and this is what this is what's fascinating too. Like, right, because this gets at the what you're suggesting about the Star Wars universe is the question of. So not only where does evil come from, but now you're asking of the force, the same thing that people ask of God, which is to say people will make the statement, if God is good, then he cannot be all powerful because we see a lot of evil in the world. So that's known as like the problem of evil, right? So what people talk about yeah. it as, and, um, and the question then becomes, the question then becomes, and, and I actually, in, in the answer to this question, I actually bring my personal worldview on top of the force in this case, um, which is really interesting because I'm putting my personal perspective on how the actual world works into how the force works. And it, it is not an entity that I made up. Somebody else made it up, right? Um, but the concept of the force in my mind is that the force exists, as you say, as I almost its own character. The force actually has a will the way that God would have a will. Now, we know that because a lot of the Jedi are telling us, and we'll see this in later films too, is that they're telling us that we should meditate on the force and understand what the will is of the force. You'll notice that old Ben Kenobi tells Luke to like submit himself to the force to be able to, to, to do the right thing. And that's a perspective on the force that says the force is a good entity. Um, it is it it allows for evil to exist, but it has a perspective that is good. Now, not all Star Wars creators are going to agree on the point that I'm the way I'm saying this, by the way, because I've there are some definitely some distinct differences in the way that other people have created Star Wars that disagree with this. But this is a problem for me because I actually like I actually think that. George Lucas had a specific perspective and I think other people are bringing their perspectives, which are not George Lucas's perspectives. So we actually have divergence, but the Sith are clearly always shown as bad. There's no, we've never seen a good Sith person, Sith being the emperor, Sith being Darth Vader. Those, those people of that ilk usually tend to bend the force to their will meaning that their selfish desire is what is governing what the force does whereas you'd say luke is trying to like again to use the exact star wars language let the force flow through him and do what it's going to do the the sith will say no i'm going to grab the force and i'm going to bend it to my will and force it to do what i want it to do and this is why the question that robert mcclure brought up earlier about whether or not luke turns to the dark side matters a little bit because would the force want luke to force choke the gamorian guards in jabba's palace well the question is out there you you have to come to terms <laughs> with it right um 
The other thing you could say is you could say like, well, the force is not an entity. The force is the force does not guide behavior in any way. Light side people just have an inherent desire to do good. So they use the force in a good way. But that when they say let it flow through them, they don't mean they don't mean to let the force have its will. They mean that they're just going to use it use, in a good use way. All the force. Yeah, they're going to use it in a good way, not a bad yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, yeah, yeah. but. I think what ultimately what ultimately it comes down to in my mind is that it would seem to me and we've had this conversation a lot about heroes and villains we have told ourselves that heroes are selfless and do things on behalf of other people oftentimes in a way that does not benefit themselves Luke is putting himself into danger. He could just go off and live on another planet and like do all of his force stuff, protect the closest people to him and not worry about what's happening with, with what the emperor or Darth Vader is doing. But he doesn't do that. He tries to save the entire galaxy by sacrificing himself. That to us communicates a good way of behaving, right? And most major world religions would say that. There are some that don't. There are some that actually have a perspective on you need to do these things, even if it's against other people. The other opposite end of that is that the dark side people tend to want to be pretty selfish. Um, it doesn't seem like the emperor was elected, for example. We'll get into that in other films. <laughs> but it does seem like he's using some deceitful practices to be able to get where he's at. He seems like he's going to be using the force in pretty destructive ways. He seems like he's coming down on people in very harsh ways he's definitely disfigured himself over the years from using like this dark magic stuff or the dark side of the force so so i think that if you say the sith or people who use the dark side are being selfish and people who use the light side are being selfless well now you run into a problem of it sounds like what you're saying is that evil is people being selfish and that good is being selfless and that actually does vibe pretty well with the fact that you'd let the force work through you if the force were good. So now we have a dichotomy. If the force is a yin-yang type of a situation, then you would say that the Sith are not necessarily bad and the Jedi are not necessarily good. Or the Sith are mis misled and the Jedi are misled and it's really more of a gray thing that just kind of exists and it just is what it is. But I think you, at the end of the day, you would still have to say, that according to what the story is saying is that people who are acting selfishly are evil and people who are acting selflessly are good um so it's just complex it's a complex issue that this is why people have these discussions in the real world it's why philosophers question what it means to be evil or what it doesn't mean to be evil and and the force is not really a lot different than that right um yeah. But we will move on because that's a that's a giant discussion that we could talk about for hours. Um, you just watched episodes four, five, and six. Next, we're going to watch Rogue One and Solo. Uh, but chronologically in the world of Star Wars, seven, eight, and nine in the Star Wars timeline are actually the next major films in the saga, right? So um, by, by us watching Rogue One and Solo, we're actually going to rewind a little bit, right? Um, Solo, uh, I think we're going to watch Solo first, actually. And Solo, Solo is younger uh, Harrison Ford, younger um, Han Solo. He's already young Harrison Ford. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's already is. And we're going to go back even further. Um, and then Rogue One uh, occurs between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. It happens in, the, in between those two films, right? Okay. So... 
So the next, so my point is in chronological Star Wars time, seven, eight, and nine are the next films that come. So Ashley Pauls in the story in the Facebook group was just wondering, like, because and a little bit of a spoiler alert. There were films. Yeah, no, no, this is this okay. It's not, it's not a little bit of a spoiler alert. It's not bad. There were books that came out after the original trilogy that explained what happened after this trilogy ended. Disney, when they purchased Lucasfilm, said those aren't that's not that's actually just those are just legends, they're not real. We're gonna create three new films, and what we say is actually real. So there's actually two different ways that the story goes after this um after this movie so what ashley paul's wondered and all of our listeners are wondering now mike is where is the saga gonna go next like what what is seven eight and nine about <laughs> you know i i um i had a feeling i knew what six was about because the way five ended but the way that six ends i really i could i could see how it could just be done <laughs> right 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 like i mean i i'm excited for more more story on it but i have no idea because i mean from what we've talked about i'm, I'm guessing at the end correct me if i'm wrong because again this is like two in the morning um, <laughs> at the end the emperor dies he goes down the trash chute and gets electrified or whatever mm -hmm. and then um everyone on the teddy bear island wins so they're happy and they're celebrating mm -hmm. and uh, there's no more love triangle because now they're siblings and that's not okay right. Right. Oh, yeah. we'll be surprised if there's some sort of force you know <laughs> force, force rule that you can you know <laughs> get unbiologically yeah. you know alike or something yeah 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 oh um, no so so the love triangle is gone. So Harrison Ford says he loves her and, you know, they're, they're going to get married, have kids and have a white picket fence and a minivan and all that stuff. Right. Um, a, little, a little mini Millennium Falcon. Right. Yeah. There you go. And then um, John Fader dies. Right. Right. Yeah. Yoda dies. Darth Vader dies. And we finally see Darth Vader's face, which I was kind of scared what, what I was going to see there. I, I, <laughs> I had no idea what to expect when he took the helmet off. Um, so I, I don't even know where. I'm assuming they're going to revive Darth Vader. Mm. I'm assuming they're going to revive the Emperor or some sort of characteristic of the Emperor that's going to rule and, and be the pure evil because Darth Vader apparently is now in between. Mm. he's like three quarter evil and a quarter good you know i don't <laughs> right. know um and it sounds like we're going back in time to um to look at maybe Darth Vader as a character or the emperor how he got in charge or you know how Darth Vader had twins and abandoned them or i don't know <laughs> mm, mm. Yeah, so, so it's a fairly clean slate for somebody who's just seen the first three films. That's my whole point. Thank you, Jay. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> well yeah because I think you, you, you've actually, um, you've hinted at a few things uh, that will happen in one way or another in, in what we're going to watch. Um, but then there's also some twists and turns along the way that, that occur as well. So it'll be really interesting to see how you feel about those things because again 
you don't have some of us have the history of reading the books that came out after the um after the original trilogy ended and so we had like a perspective of what was going to happen and then disney you know came in and changed that perspective of what was going to happen mm -hmm. there are also some other things that are really fascinating i think because um the easiest way to say this and i don't want to spoil anything but the easiest way to say this is that um marvel when marvel creates uh movies marvel is also a part of disney marvel has a role at their production studio that has oversight over all the stories and the direction they're all headed um disney lucasfilm which is separate from disney marvel does not really have that same role currently um, you could argue that they're kind of getting there with a couple of their people, but um, they don't have a role that has overarching. They have several different roles that do different things. They even have a, a, a group of people that are called the story group of people, and they're kind of supposed to have purview over some of the stories. However, you could even tell that there's when we watch, when we get to, by the way, this is a long time from now, but when we get to episode seven, eight, and nine, you can even tell that there's not anybody in that role and so as they hire people to make movies it's like wait which which direction are we going i, I don't even know what direction we're, <laughs> we're going we gotta, here we gotta up a bit. yeah exactly so that's going to be interesting to look at later as well um to see to see how that feels to you but we won't be there for a while man because that's going to be you got to watch a lot you got to get through five more movies before we even touch those movies so there's a lot more late nights coming up um, so we are going to talk a little bit more. Um, I do have to, to, I do have a hard stopping point at, um, in about a half an hour, but you and I are going to talk a little bit more on our after show. Um, uh, you're going to ask me some of those questions. So I've got some questions. Yeah. So we'll, we'll to be continued. If you go to our Patreon account, I will put up the rest of our conversation for free over there on Patreon. That is it for today's show. Don't forget to subscribe to the Story Geek Podcast on your preferred podcast provider. If you want to chat more about this film or any of the Star Wars films with the rest of the Story Geeks, go join the Story Geeks Facebook group, which you can also, by the way, ask Mike questions about Solo and Rogue One, which are the next two films we're going to watch and talk about. If you're looking for a new story to read, watch, or listen to, check out Death of a Bounty Hunter, the book I co-wrote with Nathan Check. Don't forget, too, that on Goodreads, you can enter to get a free Kindle copy all the way up until August 31st, 2021. And pretty soon, we're actually going to have a full cast audiobook available on Audible. So you can check that out, too. That I'll let you know when that comes out. It's going to be a, a few weeks, if not a few months. Stay tuned for more installments in this series with Mike Miondo watching Star Wars for the first time. And then special thanks to all of our monthly Patreon supporters. Here are the awesome supporters who support our nonprofit through Patreon. Zach Linton, the No Midnight Podcast, Sean R. Reed, Anthony Holder, Ray DeLeon, Brianna, Bryce Cox, Young Money Savvy, Mary Baldwin, Wade Johnson, Jim Baldwin, Kimberly Lujeau, Monty Thigpen, Nick Prokop, and Connie Moe. Please consider supporting us even if it's only for a couple dollars a month. Learn more at thestorygeeks.com. May the force be with you, friends. Until next time.